Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Left Back on the Bench podcast. My name is Lucas Uhatch. I am joined by my partner in crime. His name is Charlie Cullen. Hello. How you doing, okay? Yeah, I'm alright, man. You know, it's just like... Well, Slough's going back into lockdown after tomorrow. Well, not, not lockdown, we're going into tier two of this stupid COVID bullshit. So it's pretty much just means we're going to be... Stuck inside. Well, we, this really might socialize. be the last. After saying how much we've been enjoying doing podcasts together, we might have to go back to the ghetto Discord setup and have dodgy audio. But nah, it's, it's it's not dodgy audio. It's more like our connect- connections, yeah. not the greatest. Well, yeah. hopefully we will it'll work if mm. you know we'll just do a casual couple. Like, oh, we can quickly jump on, do an hour, and that's it. Like, it's it's to keep on it. So yeah, we have to stop. Sometimes when you're doing it online, it, it's for me it's quite easier because I'm I'm at home. I've it works around timing a lot better. I yeah, it's just easier. It's just easier because I have to. We have to meet each other, then we sit down, chat, mm. and whatnot. Sometimes it's easier. My work schedule is so so busy and awkward that sometimes recording podcasts is hard, but. Hopefully soon, my work schedule isn't going to be as bad. Literally, I haven't watched no football. I've been working nights, so I'm. that's why I'm hosting this podcast. But anyways, um, it's been the first week, match week, of the Champions League. And there have been some surprising results. Let's just talk about the biggest surprise of this week. Real Madrid losing. Is it at home to Shakhtar Donetsk? Charlie, what, what? How do you see Real Madrid going from moving forward? Like, would you would you feel that they they're doing? Because since Ronaldo's left, they have been awful in the Champions League, absolutely awful. I think it comes down to a similar situation of when we talked about Barcelona, like last year, in their you know their, how their league, their La Liga run ended, and then how they kind of went out of the Champions League, like getting dominated by Bayern Munich. I think with Madrid, it was like another situation. They relied on a star man for so long. And a lot of the spine of that team is getting getting on. Mm. And I think some people are like getting phased out of that team who aren't necessarily... They haven't necessarily brought in like the right replacements. Similar to what happened to Barcelona, some of the right replace the people they tried to replace them on of yeah, because they brought in Hazard last year for about hundred about over hundred million, hundred million, but he hundred pounds heavier. He, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't played. He's hardly played. Well, he's, he's not been in great form no. physically. I don't think he's been in like the greatest shape we've seen of him, which is concerning as it's only been like. You know, it was like a year later from the fact that this man was carrying the Chelsea team, arguably like the greatest sort of winger in the Prem at the time. You know, this guy was like near... You know, you couldn't beat him. The only way to beat him was to fly in and tackle him. He was like the most... Before Grealish, yeah. he was the guy, you know, the most fouled man in the Prem. Yeah, pretty much statistically. It's unbelievable. Seeing... And, he, and you just look at it like... And I think, you know, Real Madrid is always a fun... And Spain in general is always a funny one. Real Madrid more specifically. For every Ronaldo... And I'm talking of this in the sense of someone who starts their career in England in the Prem. For every Ronaldo who is like arguably a success story, there's also two to three guys who left to go to Real Madrid and they almost 
not flop, but don't live up to expectation. You know, McManaman went to Real Madrid. He was a good squad player, but he wasn't ever like a star. You had Beckham. I think people in you know Real Madrid, like we United fans, Beckham's a legend, no doubt, right? Yeah. I think Real Madrid fans very much see him as like he was just there. He, he was, was a, a Galatico. He, he was, was a, a, yeah, he was a good, a good player, player. He was never like the cusp of. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't like he wasn't like a uh, the Brazilian Ronaldo or the Cristiano Ronaldo or Figos or Raúls. Where yeah, he was never like a Raúl. Yeah, they're not. They, he's not. He's always played for Real Madrid, and but he wouldn't be up there. It gets in even Real worse. Madrid there's there's like you know, you look at like Owen. They fucking yeah. don't. They thought Owen was a joke, you know. And this was the guy who was like the Ballon d'Or winning Liverpool kid, England squad like relied on this guy. And I think when he left Real Madrid, it was almost like this is the. That was like the beginning of the end for Michael Owen's career as like a top flight footballer. It almost was like he failed at Spain for this, the biggest team in the world, arguably at the time. But that's just injuries. That was just all injuries. And I look at the Madrid team now and it's like the core guys have been the core guys for a while now. Your Madrid's, your Cruces, your Casemiro's, Ramos, uh, Varane. Even uh, Benzema. Benzema, yeah. And you look at the guys they brought in recently, I think... Even Varane's had a few dodgy runs nowadays. As a cent- as uh, I think they were expecting him to be the guy to take over Ramos. Yeah, and, and it's be just, the Pepe. And when he's been on his own, he's been suspect. Yeah, I, I, I think Vinicius Junior and Rodrigo, while both really talented young kids, they got from Brazil really young, kind of this. They're they're going to be stars. But there's also the, cur- the curious worry, the worry of like, I think attitude issues, and are they? developing in the right way because you know it's they're kind of like the rare thing I feel of like Real Madrid we, I think the, the the standard for a long time was like they never get them young they get them when they're at their peak that was the Galactico model we don't bring up crops of talent we we bring in the greatest stars in football into one team it's, it's like the all-star team yeah. it, you know if you had like the NBA all-star team Real Madrid for a long time when the Galactico era was like the all-star team of football. It was. Because you was. had like Zidane, best player from France. David Beckham, one of the best players in England. Ronaldo, best player from Brazil. You had the best of Spain and all these, you know, you know, a fucking lot of talent. Like, yeah, exactly. Spread out throughout. Even, even when they had Cristiano, they had Cristiano Ronaldo. Greatest Portuguese fucking player. Great, greatest Portuguese player at the time. Oh, still is. Um, Gareth Bell, who was blowing up the Premier League. Gareth Bell, give him credit, he's done... Yeah, good he's run. Done it. Yeah, he's done yeah, his due diligence. Bell to me is like I think he does. He doesn't doesn't fit into that category of like Galactica, of, of, of not of like an Owen in that he wasn't a complete failure. I don't feel he had a good fucking run as part of a free with like Ronaldo and Benzema. But it almost felt like afterwards that how it ended tarnishes it. And even Ronaldo, like he didn't leave on great terms. And like it's almost like Real Madrid fans are weird to me, man. They get bitter when you have been like. And it almost felt like Ronaldo was getting treated like shit towards the end, and it's like this guy was like your goalie yeah, he boy. Was your, yeah, exactly. He had more powerful. He had more power. Like he had more power than Jose fucking Mourinho when Mourinho was the manager. Like their falling out led to one of them was gonna have to move on or get like the, you know, get the sack. The axe, yeah. They went for fucking Mourinho. They chose the player over the manager, which is unfair. Do you know? It's just the power of Ronaldo was insane, mm. and. Yeah, I just think now you like Vinicius and Rodrigo are a weird one to me because they're too. They got them young from Brazil. Yeah. And put them straight into that Real Madrid team. You don't really get to do that unless one, you're mint, 
or there is the potential for you to become Mint. And even I think of um, Luka Jovic in a similar light because he's so young as well. To yeah, he's, he's to a degree. He's not, he's not young, as... but he's but he's he's got. I've heard he's got a lot of attitude problems, and he's. I don't think he. Fits. And this is my problem. I think there's. In Vinicius, maybe not Vinicius. I've heard different things about Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo, Jovic as well. These are younger lads who've been brought into this Real Madrid team. I think because they're playing for Real Madrid, I think they think they're stars, and they ain't there yet. And the actual stars who are there are kind of now just in that point where it's like they can't carry that team anymore. I think you know, I love. He's a shit house, but I love Sergio Ramos. He's probably still, oh, he's, 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 probably still in, he's still quality. in the modern era. I think he kind of defined what a centre back was. Yeah, um, you know, he's, quick, he, quick powerful, is... technically pretty proficient for a defender. Like you know, you, don't, you didn't get a centre back like him really in in football no, for, for a no, long time. Exactly. You know, Modric was. He's another weird one. They kind of you know took a, took a while for them to turn to him, and now he's like you know. He was like what MVP of like the World Cup or something like that. Yeah, he was. He was uh, like the most valuable player in the World and Cup. And he's a Ballon d'Or winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He beat he's, Ronaldo and Messi. But he's almost not even like we, we almost forget he's a Ballon d'Or winner because it's just. Yeah, it's just it felt so long ago. And he's because you know he was a good, good servant for the club. Yeah, man. But yeah. touching back onto the game Top itself, yeah. Um, Real Madrid were three 0 down at half time, and. Wasn't one of them a Varane own goal again as well? Yeah, he was, they were three 0 down at half time, and you're thinking, "Wow, at home, you're thinking, right? You're at the Bernabeu. There's no crowd. You should win this. You're playing Shakhtar Donetsk, and don't get me wrong, Shakhtar Donetsk are a, a formidable side on their day. They have, well, they've had a plethora of like Brazilian talent come over the years. So, and they've been in the Champions League before. They're not no rookies, but still, Real Madrid are one of the they're one of the richest clubs in the world and it's sad it's not sad to see because as a, as a, as it's a hard fan, to it's hard to find sympathy for a team yeah. that like kind of broke the model yeah buying, 20 times over like you know just buying players just you know, for the sake was, of it I think that was why like for as popular and as big a team they are Real Madrid they're like they're kind of suffering and I feel like, you know, it's almost why I think a lot of people had the love for, like, you know, the rise of Barcelona. It's like the Catalina. Catalonia. Catalanian. Um, so, you know, they were like the real, like, Spanish. Because it goes back to a lot of history in Spain of, like, one of, like, the kings who was, like, a dictator. Like, he set a president of, like, the... This is, like, fucking years and years ago. Like, I'm talking, like, ne- nearly a decade ago. Decade? Century? He Yeah, century. That's what I meant. Sorry. He set a president of, like... No team in Spain. You have can you buy foreign players? They have to use local Spanish talent, like like the Basque yeah. country, like what uh, Bilbao and he Sociedad didn't used to make do. that rule for Real Madrid because Real Madrid was his the team he supported and they were the capital team. So pretty much you had a team of like that was like the original Galactico before Galactico almost like the best talent from football in this one team battering all these other like local Spanish lad teams. Barcelona was a team that prided itself on its um, Catalan origins. You know, they had the, the crest. The, the Catalan flag is always on that shirt somewhere. And even the away kit now is the Catalan flag. Colours, yeah. And I think, you know, they were for a long time with the underdog, then Barcelona because of like having Messi and all this. And it was also, that was the, the press of um, the... It's weird because I feel like Sid Lowe said this best. Great, you know, again, the league of journalists. 
set apart by their two star men. Messi, Roy and Young come up through the academy in Barcelona. Barcelona did a long lot of production of talent and stuff like that. Quiet, unassuming, very but he's talented, like naturally talented, good footballer. He fits the Barcelona model. Whereas you look at the then his opposite, Ronaldo, he was brought in as the most expensive player ever. Physically very strong, like big. And he was part of a team of big stars I brought in from other sides, like internationally and stuff like that. So it was almost like the two star men of each of these teams sort of solidified how these teams did business, how their origins came from and stuff like that. And I feel like, yeah, it's hard to feel sympathy for Real Madrid because they are like... And I think even when like, people try and change the narrative on it, like with the Atletico Madrid win at the Bernabeu for the Copa del Rey, it wasn't La Liga football. You know, Simeone don't play like Tiki Taka, really. He plays a bit more of a back five, counter-attacking, defensive. compact, yeah. And I think, you know, and he had a lot of like, you know, when you have Diego Costa on a team who is king shithouse, <laughs> making Pepe and uh, Ramos his like personal whipping boys, shithousing for shithouses, it's hard to feel sympathy for them, but it was almost like, and I think that was like the narrative in Spain. Like they were like, you know, this gruff, you know, Simeone, his rough football and everything like that. You know, very defensive, like not pretty. But it, I almost find like, how can you not root for a team who are like El Pupas? That was the nickname, the jinxed ones. They were so unlucky for so many years, and all you know, they hadn't beaten Real Madrid for like I think thirty odd years until Simeone finally did it in the uh, in the Bernabeu for the Copa del Rey. It's fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, how, it's, that's it's, like Cinderella story yeah, style shit. How do you not... It's nuts. And I think as well, it's almost like, there's not really like an, an element of sympathy, lack of sympathy. It's more just like a fairly competent Real Madrid side. Because I think even when there is like, you might miss um, Ramos or Benzema or whatever. It's still a, it's Real Madrid. Yeah, there it's still, still be, Real Madrid. There should be star men throughout that team. Yeah. And... They didn't just lose to a first-team Shakhtar who are like, you know, Real Madrid is top, top. Shakhtar is a... They, you know, they're probably not like the biggest team in the Ukrainian league, but this is the Ukrainian league we're talking about. It's not like a major league. They didn't even have like... I think it was like 10 players they were missing because of COVID. Yeah, it was like a B team, wasn't it? It was like a Shakhtar yeah, B nuts. team. I, yeah. don't, you know, I couldn't tell you people in the Shakhtar first team, let alone the Shakhtar B team. <sighs> crazy, man. I think it's I know they're... Absolutely crazy. If he's still there, I know their goalkeeper. That's about it. Who is it? Uh, Andre Pirlov. Pirlov, yeah. Who's like the most Russian-y looking Russian goalkeeper <laughs> you will ever see in your life, if he is Russian. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He might be Ukrainian. But anyways... Um, Another shock result. We, we, I don't. I don't really count it as a shock result. Uh, they are the Champions League winners, as say. But Bayern Munich beating Atletico Madrid four nil. That I, I. I don't understand. Like Atletico, they at one point they were a very good team. El Pupas. They were. Yeah. It's literally sometimes in football you don't want to talk about. You know that was like they are the jinxed ones, and I think the Champions League is like. A jinx. It's the one thing Simeone's really missing from completing, like... The journey. You know, and Atletico, they had a great run, I think, you know, to win the Copa del Rey the one year and then win the league against Barcelona the next year. Against the team, you know, the teams they did it against were the two top teams in in Spain. Mm-hmm. He achieved the unachievable, <laughs> pretty he much. Yes, he is. And 
the one thing that was missing for years was that Champions League win. They've won the Europa, haven't they? They've won the yeah, Europa, the, the, the Super Cup. The Champions League, because I think, you know, it, again, this goes back to history of like, Real Madrid beat them in the final, I think. And it was almost like hor- horrifically poetic of like the reasons how they went out and lost it. And Simeone does all these achievements again, gets to the final against Real Madrid again and gets knocked out again by Real Madrid. Mm. They win. And it's like, it kind of reflects this thing of like, it's the one thing he needs, I think, to sort of finally break Be all this stigma of, and break himself. all this stigma of yeah. Atletico Madrid. It completes his sort of like, he will go down as the best Atletico Madrid manager in the modern era or like probably ever. Ever, yeah. And I don't think it's achievable anymore. No, I think it's, I, it's time's passed. I think the best of his team have yeah, you, fallen, fallen I, wayside. Yeah, it's just, I know, I know the team is true to the team and the players they've got, your Kokes, who've been there for years, your Saul Nunguez, who's been there for a long time. Their best players right now are Oblak. Yeah, by far. Best goalkeeper in the world, I'd say. Much, I think right now, undisputably. Jao Felix has a lot of promise. I still, but it's promise. I think it's there's not, still. But it's promise. But yeah, I know promise. it's hard. It's hard because I feel like he had for the price that he paid for him and like every and then, and you know he did show a lot of shit back in the day. Well, when he was like playing for was it Benfica? Benfica, yeah. He's got yeah, he's got a lot of promise. But uh, Atletico Madrid can't be waiting for players like that. Well, I, I'm worried that the pressure's gonna. I'd, cave in I I just him. I f- I think he's not in the they right put, system. I mean, you know, a hundred and. Two twenty million, some hundred twenty for like. Well, it's, they got they got like the money. The they got money back for back from Griezmann. So I know, but it's still like Griezmann. Griezmann was, was that's a, that's a gamble. That's a lot of money. A bar, like, was a bargain for no. Well, bargain. you know, there was a point where they were like doing better than Real Madrid in the league. Like you know, you had Griezmann and Costa kind of running the show up from Morata. Especially that, well. and that was like the first time Real Madrid were falling apart, and we were like saying they ain't having a great run. No, and like then, their Champions League run that year was like terrible or something. Yeah, they got knocked out early mm. in the Champions League. I think they got knocked out against Ajax that year. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was it has just been a wake up call. But I just think at the moment the Spanish teams are suffering big time. They are suffering, and these clubs in I don't England. I think Barcelona had a terrible start. I think yeah, they, but Barcelona's they're still a, they're still a shadow of themselves. We've still we got, got to see. We got, we got to see how people. they. We got to sort of wait and see how they play out. But mm. I still think I there's... just think the Spanish football. I think Seville might be the best team at the moment, like more comfortable team in the Champions League. Through with Chelsea. Because yeah, speaking of that, um, with the ink, we're going to come on to the English teams in a bit, but. I I just think at the moment I think these the Spanish teams I think they're they're lost in the whole conspiracy of what they were. They don't have I, I look at Spanish teams they don't have that aura around them that you need to be scared. You need to play like yeah. Them. I think years ago you would have gone to um. You go to Atletico Madrid. There's not really a lot to, of teams anymore. But I think have that aura of like. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. I'd say City on their day. Liverpool. Not anymore. I don't think even like Liverpool to I think still to an extent. Call, to Liverpool an extent. could. I think when they're they're at their strongest starting eleven, that's the team you don't want to. But I don't think they never really had that in the Champions League because now they're at with, they've got Van Dijk out and Allison's out here and there. They have had. It's almost like once you see Adrian in goal, it's like we're gonna be all right, boys. If you saw Allison and Van Dijk in that team, gonna be like, I think it changes. You'd be like, oh shit, we're gonna get wet, like washed. smashed up. Yeah. Uh, City, I think. Just because of like, I think the theory is like last year was their year. 
Last <laughs> year, no, but last year, last year should have been their year. It should have been because the thing is, they had the COVID thing. They can get all their players back, healthy, fit. But it just, I just, I, they just bottled it. I think see, even at their starting strongest starting eleven now, it's still not even at its peak. Because I think there's also like like similar to this, there's the theory of the bottle job comes into play. I think. And I feel like it's almost because everyone knows Pep's cracking under it a little bit. It's the mindset. Yeah, you know, that's why like Leon, like they knew if we just play, we'd let them play their football and take our chances. But Leon played got, there. But Leon, yeah, Leon, they played their football well. Leon played. Leon got comfortable with playing there. I football. think. I think they knew because they knew that City team was cracking up, and they were like, "We got this. Yeah, we can do this." Like because they ain't gonna, you know, they can't come back at this. Yeah, and. There's, there were so many holes in that City team. But let's move on to City. Um, they won their first game 3-1 in a relatively easy group group they have. Yeah, one. Uh, they beat Porto 3-1. Porto are a decent team, but I don't think they're like a... No, they're not. They're not. A, a, a fantastic team. They're not. They, they exempl- they're, a te- they're a team you like in the knockout. They they exemplify the to me though the issue of like some of the smaller leagues. They are part of them and like the Dutch league, Eredivisie, are part of that. Like it's three teams and that's it. And that times only two really because there's the big three of um the Netherlands, uh, PSV, Feyenoord, and Ajax. Ajax. In Portugal, Porto, Benfica, Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon don't even really count because they haven't won the league for like ten years, but they still get considered like a big side it's been yeah. like two, so it's technically more like two teams in the modern era and I just think it's like this problem of like again you might boss your fucking league non-stop because you're playing like shithouse teams from like some village in Portugal or whatever it ain't you know it's different different gravy when you like come against like the best of like one of the best teams in England in a, in a very competitive league at times a team yeah. that really you think uh, of it City have been flaky as shit in the Prem and they can still batter a top. But no, I I, I I feel that City at the moment, they they've learned from their mistakes of last year where they need to improve the areas that they've lost. They lost company, they never replaced him, so they bought Ake and Ruben Diaz to solidify it. Uh they've replaced Sane with Ferran Torres. So they've learned from their mistakes, but I, as you said, I still, I still, I don't think City can win the Champions League. I think it's just a thing of like. Personally, I just, I just don't think they, they, they never, have that bully mentality. They, they never used seem. To. I think they never seem to have their their strongest starting eleven ever. They're always missing two or three key players, which fucking sucks. You know, if you think like, which it happens. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that doesn't really exemplify to me like a real leader in that team anymore like nah nah you 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 hit the nail on the head there you're right there's no real leader now, in that team now when you lost company and even like now with David Silva's gone I'm just looking at that team like I don't I, I like David Silva but I just didn't think he was a leader like nah, company but I mean, was. He, was a, he was a senior player Aguero is a senior player but he doesn't really exemplify he's to me he's injured all the time yeah he, he's, he's he doesn't exemplify to me as like he leads team. a yeah and yeah. Fernandinho, I feel like you can tell him and Pep aren't necessarily in a. If it was Cohesion weird, state, yeah, it's weird. So, and I feel like you know, the, I'm looking at that team like who who really fits as a like Laporte maybe, but he's still new to the team. He's never there. He's injured. That leaves you with a very young back. De Bruyne, 
De Bruyne's yeah, going leader. I don't back. look at De Bruyne and think of no, him. No, he as, doesn't have that. He doesn't have that mentality. He ain't like company. He, has. You know, he ain't like a Roy Keane Vieira, like in the middle of the team, like screaming orders and shit like that. He is. No, don't get me wrong. He is. He is that sort of player that can scream orders and and control the game. And but I just I don't think he has the. the like the mentality, it doesn't feel like that had. to Nate. Like, like again, like Keen Vieira, if they had that yeah, tenacity they, to win games and scrape yeah, but games they had, out, they had the leader's mentality. I just don't think uh, Kevin De Bruyne has that leader's mentality like these fantastic captains over the years had. Yeah, and that's really, I think, that City they're missing a link that City need to find soon. But, anyways, let's talk about um, Liverpool and uh. Regarding the injuries they've had, Alisson, Van Dijk, Van Dijk is key though. With what Van Dijk brings to Liverpool's team is unbelievable. I don't. Not many players can can hit a fifty yard pass to Salah. You and, think his injury was a, like the greatest travesty in all the world football? Like everyone's acting like it's like well, this yeah, like like, 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 like yeah. you look at the. I think the the. The FA looking into the injury a bit more. They're looking at the Pickford thing, which I think has happened. It happened. Listen. It was a cluster fight, but I don't think Pickford was like maliciously like trying nah, to injure the guy. No, he's not. He's not. He's trying to go for the ball. There's no intent. The Richardson foul was more of a definite. Like, yeah, yeah, but that, that, deadly, but like. that's yeah, but that's that's what you're a goalkeeper. You're going down to the ground. You're protecting the ball. Mm. You're trying to. You, yeah, mistakes happen. You get. You get. It's not it wasn't malicious. Um, but speaking of that, so there there were is a very a weakened Liverpool side, and they got the job done. They uh, actually got the job done. I asked to me are a team, but like. They're a feeder club. They've always and will yeah, be a feeder like, club. Yeah, similar to the Portuguese teams as well. I feel like it's just that for as for as decent as them leagues are, they're built on young talent, and a lot of that young talent does sort of get claimed early. Yeah, and I feel like Ajax, the great generational talent of that team from Champions League two years ago, De Jong's gone, De Ligt's gone, the Van der Beek's gone, Ziyech is gone, and those were four guys I think were like really solidify that team. Yeah, the key cogs in that team. And you team. know, you look at the guys who are left now, like, I love Daly Blinn. Daly Blinn's old now. Mm. And he's not really... He's never had the pace. When he was at ours, he never had the pace. I think Oli would have liked him. He wasn't a Jose, Jose player, and I think it was just, it was hard because he doesn't really fit the... He was playing a centre-back a lot, and I don't think it really fits the centre-back mentality to me. Mm. And had shit with Matic not worked out. Maybe he could have been the holding centre back, uh, centre back, centre yeah. defender we need. We can start playing uh, and stuff. Tadic, getting getting on, you know he's or he's you know he's always, I don't think he's ever been like top top class Tadic. He's good, but nah. he's. What did you think about David Neres, the 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 winger? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. He looks a lively character. Yeah, doesn't he? yeah, he's, little good I've, little kid. As I said, every time I watch David Neres, he's always had that. He has that confidence about him i know he's a, you, you hear all these stuff on social media that he's a very confident person and yeah he, he exemplifies to me again that thing of a good young ajax talent mm. i give it a year or two and he's gone he's gone <laughs> he's yeah. gonna go somewhere but bigger. yeah like, no that, it's, it's this is how it is isn't it yeah that but that that's that's the that's a harsh uh, reality of their goalkeeper had a really good game uh and andre onana onana's really good i quite like him um I thought he looked more, even though they conceded one 0 I feel he had a better, um, he had better like. Uh, <clears throat> I thought he had a better game in goal compared to Adrian. I think Adrian at times still looked vaguely suspect. 
I don't know. It's uh, it was a decent win for Liverpool. I don't think it was like as definitive as I thought it was. I thought like they made their better push. Like, like the last fifteen ten minutes was when they really pushed forward. And I think you know when we got sort of like uh, Jota, Minamino, it kind of like you know just it was weird. They re- they pretty much replaced their entire front three, which I don't think Liverpool have ever like had a game where we've seen like Salah, Mane. And Firmino all get taken out of a game. I think, yeah, you bring in, yeah, you bring Minamino in, Jota, and I can't remember who the other man they brought in was to. Who they put in the other? Was it Rigi? Did Rigi come on? But you know what I mean. I don't know. I didn't watch the game. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, they. I don't think we've seen it. Like, yeah, to see Liverpool replace their entire front three was just. Well, they've replaced him. Yeah, pretty much. Like they just in the last ten minutes, like you know, Joron for Mane, uh, Takeshi Minamino, Takumi, Minamino in for uh, Bobby, and I want to say, I want to say, was it Rigi or Milner? Rigi for Salah or something. I like can't that. remember. Someone came on. But do you, do you, do you think with the Van Dijk injury that Liverpool were going to be challenging for the Champions League? Mm. They've got, they've got. No, don't get me wrong. They've got a relatively. Easier group. They got two. Well, I feel if you slot in Fabinho in there, he did a good job. And I think he's solid. Can play. Play. He is a defensive player, so he can sort of fit into the role of certain centre back things. And he's still got a Gomez to pair him with, which is like not the worst person to pair. You know, it's not like when City lost the port and they were pairing like it's like oh fuck. You know, at least John Stones on his own. Who do we pair with him? Otamendi. Oh, double fuck. <laughs> Gomez is a good person, I think, to like kind of keep next to you and play centre back with. If you're not necessarily centre back all the time. So you know, for me, I think could do the job. It was Shakiri who come on. That was it. Fuck. Oh, fucking forgot he was still there, Shakiri. <laughs> but um, I had a brain moment. I was, I was, I was like, was Shakiri still there? Because I was, I was like, couldn't be Shakiri. But yeah, fair enough, Shakiri. Um, but yeah, I think. When you look at the, the one thing that is really going to cost him is that goalkeeper. If Alisson ain't there for key matches, they're fucked. Yeah. Because Adrian, I don't even when he's on his be, even when he's in a game where he don't concede like that game, he still looked fucking shaky. And it's almost like you know Fabinho had to make like a last ditch fucking clearance of a ball and shit like that. And I'm just there like, my fucking lord, this this fucking goalkeeper. It could probably cost him down the line it cost them last year yeah it did look at Atletico Madrid match that was like the match they should have fucking won they could have been two double holders this that and the other and he pretty much bottled the game for him. I remember that game I remember we're going to see Firmino score and I thought I'm going to bed next thing you know you wake up just see I remember I remember laughing (laughs) a lot at the Calamity! I was because it was just, it was Carrius all over again. Yeah, they it's just yeah, it's Champions League. It's not good for them. But anyways, um, I made this banner right. This is why, like, when people were joking about like when I was saying like, you know, City. I'm not City. Liverpool need to buy a, a backup who's really solid. And everyone, was, I said like, what about Nick Pope? And everyone was like, why would they buy Nick? Why would they buy Nick Pope? I'm like, he's fucking good. Safe pair of hands. Yeah, but why would they buy Nick Pope? Why, why, why would Pope generally want to go to Liverpool? Because they need someone the solid who they know they can bring in and like yeah, win. But, yeah, but like, I just... I, nah. Alisson nah, ain't doing nah. that. Alisson ain't consistently like there enough because of his injuries. Nah, which is still, still Nick Pope. It's a lot It's a lot for Nick Pope's 
thing. You, you've got you're going playing from Burnley week in week out. You go and then you got the aspirations of playing in for the England side, and you're going to Liverpool, sit on the bench. Yeah, yeah, but a, then you know. You could, yeah, but yeah, but why? Why would you want to sit on the bench? Yeah, but then look look at it this way, right? With how injured Allison is all the time. How shit Adrian is. Yeah, you just go, you go, you go, go somewhere else to find a cheaper goalkeeper. Not, not buying a player who's yeah, got aspirations to play for England. You can likely get a gamble on that, and I feel like we missed the we missed this prospect when the hail was off 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 it. We had Romero, and Romero was doing really good. And I'm thinking, shit, if a man's on form, you might as well take advantage of it. Arsenal the same. Leno gets hurt. Martinez has a really good run. They had a sort of gamble, who do we keep? Martinez goes to Villa. I think Villa have made a great purchase now because look how, like, you know, they had some fucking issues with goalkeepers last year. I think they had that three or four goalkeepers now, last year. His fucking shot stopping has been insane. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he could save Villa a lot of games. Mm. Similar to how, you know, Pope does it for Burnley. He saves them a lot of games. Like in the West Brom match, I think he saved like, you know, like three stoppages, stoppages or something like that. It's ridiculous. So, you know, I think... Sometimes, even if it's like maybe too good a backup to be backup, it's not a bad thing to have like a really good fucking backup keeper. It's like players in general. You should have like a good, if you have a one solid backup who's going to get games, it, you never know, shit might change. Shit people, might change. And you know, it could be, an, it could be a, and that's why, you know, we had that issue for years. Like, with, you know, we had that issue with Romero. Everyone was like, he's too good to be backup, which is why he's, let, let's, just move, let's just move on from talking about the backup goalkeepers because right, it is a Champions League podcast. I was waiting for you, but you were, on your, you were busy on your phone. I weren't. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to say something and you just you started saying a funny story. But I was just saying because it's, it's like Adrian's going to cost them. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Move on, move on. So, um, I forgot what you were saying now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Chelsea. Um, I didn't, surprisingly. I didn't, I didn't watch, but I draw. Surprisingly, it was a draw. Like... I know Sevilla are a good team and Chelsea are not that Sevilla are a solid team. They play, they don't play the conventional Spanish style of football. They're like, like Atletico Madrid. Yeah, they, defensively yeah, they yeah, not defensively, but they have this, this style of play. I can't really name it, what style it is, but it's under, what's his name? Lopetti. Lopetti. You see in the, you see in the, um, in the Europa, how well they play together and how good they are as a team unit. There's no absolutely no standout players there. Well, I think when they have, they work as well as a unit, like you said, but also they are when when they are compact. Mm. They're good. They're hard. We had that trouble against them in the Europa. Breaking them down was like it was difficult. And I think we, you know, a lot of the players we had were on form and had chances. It's just, yeah, we it couldn't just, get past. It was just difficult. We couldn't get past that back line. And when we and did keeper, get past that back line, their the keeper had like the worldy performance of his career, and that he just, you know, not happening. But yeah, so with Chelsea, with Chelsea, I actually think this result's quite decent for Chelsea. Listen, Chelsea have had a really up and down season. That they can they go from highs to lows all the time. And it's still a weird thing of like I think Lampard's trying to. He's trying to adjust. You brought so many players in, and you're trying to figure out okay, what's the best? What is your go-to it's not, team? It's not like you haven't got a solid spot. Like not solid spine. You haven't really got like you. The team you played last year has changed. Yeah. In that you have changed your forwards 
forward line, yeah. Pretty much. Now that the other two are coming back into it, Pulisic and Ziyech, you're going to have a new fresh forward line, changes in the midfield, and changes in the back as far as a new centre-back and a new left-back. And a new goalkeeper. And a new goalkeeper. Which they probably thinking they've got a goalkeeper now. Uh, if, again, if he stays fit, then you've got to bring back the other one. <laughs> the other one. You're still going to name him the other one. I still feel bad for him at times. Yeah. But don't help himself sometimes. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. And you he wouldn't help himself. You're like, you can't really defend and feel bad when it's like you are just being shit, to be honest. Well, it's you're not, just it's being not even, silly, aren't you? It's not even like, woe is me, I'm being bad, treated yeah. shit. It's like, you just kind of... You kinda, just put it on yourself, You kind of suck, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's still the case of, for all the talent they've brought in, I mean, what we said, Werner, Ziyech, Havertz, Havertz, Chilwell, Thiago, Mendy. And then they've got Saar as well, who's just a guy on loan. Mm. So, you've brought in seven. seven players. Seven players, and we could arguably say six starting in and then team. And then you you can't get the cohesion right. Well, it's like you got, you know, you keep, you keep changing and chop, chopping and changing to try and work out how are we going to fucking fit this in. And it's like, because especially some of, the, some of the buyers were like last minute like Mendy was a last minute like fuck like you know after the Liverpool match like Lamp's probably on the phone like fuck me Roman get me this keeper <laughs> need need this desperate yeah but it is a good result for Chelsea just to get things moving I know nil-nil doesn't sound like they got, a, they've got a good group to work yeah, with I mean what Renz and Renz, Dynamo Seville Kiev was he Zagreb. Zagreb Dynamo Zagreb something like that they've yeah got creation a, they've got a good enough group I think they could get they could, great. They could yeah they could they, yeah, they could qualify um, it's it's just to me I feel like I just think at the that that's a good game to get out of the way some of the moves are weird though like the you, have you seen the Petr Cech thing what these uh, put his name in for the Champions League they've put him in as part of their squad really no he's like chatting shit but anyways, I'm, I'm, you're going to find I'm, it for I'm me. I'm fairly certain that he is like... You're going to find it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Because right, we'll, I thought it was a meme. Yeah. And I think they've added him to the Premier League, to the Premier squad. Have they? No, I thought he was retired. Uh, working in Guildford. Yeah, Petr Cech in Premier League squad. I mean, is he? Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's playing as... Uh, so he's got the most insane thing ever. It's a combined role of player... And technical and performance advisor for Chelsea. <laughs> Shit, man, that's that's desperation for you, mate. That is desperation. It's just like you know, they, you know, it, 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 what makes me laugh, right? Fair do, Mendy. You, you, you got to like have a backup for men. Like, you know, Mendy, I think is going to be the first choice, and but he's still very, very new to the club. Kepper is considered a, a failure. Yeah. What about fucking Willie Caballero? He's like they're bringing this guy back. Right, well, yeah, I don't think I don't think Frank and the whole board trust. Check, check's still a fantastic goalkeeper where, where, wherever you see him, but who knows? He hopefully if Mendy don't if Mendy don't, hopefully he doesn't get injured. But if he gets injured, I'd like to see Petr Cech in the game. Check's sometime. gonna be like the new booth on, isn't it? We're gonna just yeah, see him just, like, what are you doing here? Like you're, oh, sorry, you're just hit the mic. It's like, mate. I mean, he's only thirty-eight. Yeah, he's younger than Booth on, but I'm also thinking like. We're going to see him in two years' time and be like, man, you're 40. Just stop. Just hang it up. Hang it up. Anyways. Put, put your special helmet away and uh, no, your protective I, gear. Yeah, that wouldn't say anything about wearing Do you think that's it? He like, got the call guard. from Frank and he just opened a box and just pulled out the old hat, like dusted it off. Like The old, the old yeah, the time. old... Uh, it's my time. The old skull cap and the... 
and the gloves. Wonder if we can get back any older old centre backs in that team. Yeah, bring back John Terry. Do you I found out fucking Ivanovic. That was the shock of my life finding Ivanovic still plays and he's playing in the Prem for West Brom. Yeah, because he dropped he dropped the Zenit trophy the other last year, didn't he? And it was then... so weird though. I, I knew he was yeah, fair do though, he's good Chelsea ex Chelsea player. Fair you playing in your um, your home league and everything like that. As yeah. way, I thought that was going to be like the last career. Well, no, I, don't, I don't think he... I think he's Serb- Zanovic Fre- Russian. I think he's Serbian. And that's for Serbian league, I believe. No, Zenit's in Russia. Zenit's in... Oh, fair enough. Zenit's well, in Petersburg. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Near enough. Yeah, part of the Soviet Union yeah, at the time. Ex-Soviet Union, yeah. yeah. But anyways, um, this is going to be the final talking point. I know this podcast has been a bit... Not rushed, but it's no, been a bit trying. About. We've been trying to chop and change it because we've been talk about, it talk so, about so many things to talk about. But the main event, this is probably the biggest game of them all, really. It was uh, PSG. <laughs> I see you there, mate. I was at work and I was listening to it. Celebration. Oh, mate. It was PSG versus Man United at the Parc de France. And... I was generally, I was, I was shitting myself. I went to this game with like no expectations. No, no, no one did. Like, <laughs> I, was, I, mean, ain't gonna, I was like, I think I even looked at someone. I was just there, like, oh, you know, you got PSG. How are you doing? I'm like, we're not gonna win. We're not gonna win that, especially like, at the park. The I, I was just, I was just like, mate. All right, fairly, we beat Newcastle. That's Newcastle. We yeah. should be beating Newcastle. I was then like, I find out we ain't taking Cavani. Alright, whatever. Whatever, yeah. Cavani, Mar- whatever. Martial was suspended from the last game. He was fine. No Greenwood. Okay. Yeah, Pogba's no. on the bench. And then I look at him and there's like no Harry Maguire, which I'm like, even if he's been hit and miss, yeah, I thought we had a decent game against Newcastle and I was just there, I was just there like, oh God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, we have no defenders. You're just stressing out and you're just like, yeah. I was waiting to see Phil Jones' name pop up on the team sheet and just have a like, just like, turn pal- it off. Palpitations. Turn like, it um, off. Turn off that television. He makes me sweaty and nervous just watching Turn him like that television looking at his face. Plays. Watching him just standing there. I'm nervous like what are you gonna do? Yeah. But, but fucking hell, I couldn't believe it. I, I literally I was at work and I was listening to it and I get wrapped up in work when when I'm at work. I will get so busy, I'll take my earphones out. And I normally get a pop up in the Man United app and I just see I see it was one one and I was like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna leave it. We're going to draw... I don't Let see. me clarify first, though, right? The penalty thing was kind of shit. What penalty? Well, it was a penalty. It was, but Bruno missed it. Yeah, but the new rules... Layer of the law. New rules, you can't be... It happened to one. us as well against Palace, but at yeah. the same time, I was also thinking... It's another, like, dirty, like... Mm. I mean, probably shouldn't have... Yeah, but but Paris Paris are Paris are the same. Paris, if if that happened in Paris, it's, no, I know, I know. They 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 jump all over um, it like a rash. In general, I thought as far as the game, the uh, defense pretty fucking solid. I felt back five was probably a good way to go when you got like Messi and Mbappe. Not, Not Messi, Messi Neymar. Neymar and Mbappe. God, I'm still thinking. Barcelona days, yeah. aren't you? I was thinking because of Neymar, and I always just think of Messi. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nessie and uh, Nessie. 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 God, I Log- can't Ness- speak. Malta. Neymar and Mbappe. Yeah, that's that's always the deadly one of them two is going to create and even, cause trouble. Even um, Di Maria. Di Maria is a uh, like, he nice, can be a handful. Nice piece, and he likes beating Man United. Yeah, he has. He has a as a beer. Well, well, he has his agenda. Yep. Still bitter. Fuck him. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm still bitter. After all these years, still angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel, yeah, sure, he was there, did fine. 
Uh, Lindelof, I thought, had a really good game. Like, when it was all sort of like... And I think this is like the thing with Lindelof. I think in the air, physically set pieces, he caught, gets caught out. One-on-one, he's a really good reader of, like, opposition, I feel. Yeah, yeah. So I think one-on-one, he kind of does... Does but he's he's better at it. like playing into the channels and stuff like that. He not he's very good at reading where where someone's going to make the right. Yeah, he's got he, he's got a great defensive but mind. Axel Twanzebe. Oh, I see, I see that tackle on Mbappe. What a tackle! Oh. He beats you for pace, and then he gets he he just he, he just gets physical. back and just gets his shoulder body to body, gets his foot, wraps his foot around. Oh, that's not a penalty. That's a fantastic. That's was, a textbook tackle. Everyone, I think, was trying to clamour like for the foul on that. It's not. And what made me laugh? It's I think not he, a foul. Mbappe when he like I think it was like half-hearted attempt to like call for a pen in that. And when the guy was like, that's ah, clean, mate. And you know, I think even Mbappe, can't, you could sort of just see him turning and looking like, yeah, fair enough. I got fucking... You got, I got, like you. You got dusted by a centre-back. Yeah, and and centre-back who hasn't played in 10 months. And you, this is what I mean. You would have thought he'd been there for like months. Like, just, Yeah, he'd been playing. And it's one of them things where I'm thinking... Why well, haven't if, we used him? But no, if, if, he, if he can stay fit now... He's decent. He's we've been decent. talking about like, who do we pair up with Maguire or Lindelof? Like he could be the guy. Yeah, and he's free. He he, he fits. The, <laughs> he's free. I mean, I've heard for years. Like watching, he's a good player. I've heard, I've heard for, for years. I've heard for a year or two. Like prior to even like, a little bit before his Villa run, a lot of like the United podcast lads who like follow the academy and said like this guy is like the most natural defender like you'll ever see for an academy kid. He can be the guy. And I think physically he's got that af- what we needed like an athletic, quick paced. Like an Eric Bailly, but not, not, gonna, not as dangerous. Not going to just land on his head and break his neck like no, on a got, challenge. And mm-hmm. You just watch him thinking, you know, you don't just sort of chase Mbappe down like it's a, and like beat him off the ball. And, like. and not concede a penalty. Speaking of beating Mbappe off the ball, Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka, uh, I hear, I've been reading reviews. Oh. Wan-Bissaka, brilliant. I think he just hates wingers. It's like Sterling all over again. He just... Just likes to just, I'm gonna make you my bitch. No, I just, I just, 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 I just, stick a leg. He done it like the amount of times you just watch him, like a person again, quick as Mbappe, like the Sterling situation, like to just stick your leg in and like just his long, gangly legs. Perfectly, just. It's just just, his timing's impeccable. Most of the time, his timing's impeccable. God, it's just it's freaky to be that consistent. It is. And uh, on the left, on that side. I thought Tellez had a really good debut. Yeah, Tellez. I like. I like the. I like. The, I like the. I like Tellez because he's an offensive fullback. I think what he could, if he could be better from from, from a set piece point of view, because his crossing. He's good. He's got a wicked cross. He's got a wicked. He's got a wicked whip around. And but and he's and he likes driving. I've seen a lot of videos mm. on YouTube where he can fucking hit a ball as well. His timing. There was points shot. where like he almost Emo. We were playing with a front two, and he's got some nice hair though. Yeah, Emo. I like his, Emo. Like his. Oh, fucking man buns. Oh, he was it, Emo. Man. He was playing with a fr- with a front two at times. He got so forward, it almost looked like carrying back into a front three. But he came back like tracks back, does, so does well. a lot of dirty work. Yeah, yeah. Like him and Wamasaka, I think, were so perfect in the first term of going forward, going back. The issue of Shaw like getting caught either two in or two out wasn't there because you had Tellers as the back it back it up. 
So defensively, we're really good. It's like Fred and McTominay love playing against PSG. I thought McTominay at times looked a bit... But he's solid. When he didn't have to go against Neymar. Neymar was causing issues. But Fred... I think it was like 90.97 something pass accuracy. Fucking hell. With Fred. Jesus Christ. That geezer, he loses the ball so many... No, his stats in this game, mate. And I was watching it looking at him like... How has he done this? He just... And like his tackling completion was like you know he tackled like you know he was like yeah, they love them to love playing it, to me exemplifies what I think Fred is PSG. good at Fred when he's allowed to like grind and back up defenders he's perfect for it because then he just backs up gets the ball back and just passes it forward to Bruno or someone and he's like really the weakest aspect of our game was our centre forwards but Rashford 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 looked lively his goal was good but there was a couple of times where his decision making was really letting him down where it's like the main one I remember, like he laid off to Martial when really it was two on one against the um, goalkeeper. He probably should have took it on and shot, or he should have like laid off earlier. Yeah, and I think his timing and his decision making on it was like a bit too half and half. Mm. Getting a bit worried about Martial because the own goal and everything, and he didn't have a particularly great game. He won the pen, fair do, but I just felt he was he's he ain't scoring yet. And I feel like, as a centre forward, he needs to... He needs to get his first goal of the I'm season. I'm hoping once he gets the first goal, that's when we he see just, him, But like... he just needs the first goal of the season, just to get him comfortable with yeah. with the season. Because sometimes, the mental aspect of of an, of an athlete as, or as a footballer, you need to have... If you've got so many goals, you need to start these goals off. Goals in, like... You want stuff you want to achieve. And I think in his head, he probably wants to beat Marcus Rashford, or he wants to be... A twenty goal I think season what, player, and I just think I just think at the moment he's he's struggling, struggling. In to all find comps, that. them two had their best seasons last year, right? I think a lot, a large part of that, as far as the goal tallies, was because there is a friendly rivalry between the two of them. Exactly, you have to be, and it's because it's a nice rivalry because I don't think it's like the whole certain other forwards, whereas like there's a bit of selfishness at times and stuff like that. Those two are can. Yeah, there's the rivalry of like getting goals and everything like that, but they're also not like we've seen them assist each other a lot. Mm. Whereas I feel like there's not there's not a selfish aspect, which nah. is quite nice. They they both they both take it in stride of like you know, all right, cool, he got that one. You I'm gonna get the next, next one. one. Yeah, it's 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 good though. It's a healthy balance yeah. for the team, and it it creates an environment where there's healthy competition. Yeah, and that towards the end of the season, that's why Man United was so good because there was this hen friendly competition between Marcus and Anthony. And, and then you got Mason. I think as when well. Mason started crawling up as well. Yeah, they're, they're, they're probably right. thinking, right, we need to, they, them two need to start, and that's the cohesion you need, and that's the team environment you need. Curious to see what's going on with Mason as well because I know we've heard alleged. Attitude. I think yeah, but that that's just that's just press, mate. That's I, I'm hoping so. I I I, I just I just think there's there's just Solskjaer's just looking after him, just taking him out in the spotlight for a bit, which you need to do, especially when he's. He seems like a good kid. Nine, was and he 18, 19, 18, 19, 19. And he's such a prospect. I don't think you want to. Let you him. need you need to nurture him. You need to look after him. You need to give him a bit of yeah. TLC, tender loving care. It's weird because I, I feel like. Potential bones of a new starting eleven. Yeah. Um, 
You've still got that Dalud come that trial Dalud Traore, ain't you? Coming uh, through. Traore and um, he was on the bench. The other kids. Yeah, the Uruguay, Uruguayan. Yeah. Yeah. You just never know. There's so that's the thing because of Champions well, because of the games are coming so thick and fast. You've got Chelsea, then you've got Red Bull, then you've got I think it's Arsenal. I think personally, depending on how he does in the league, Teller's in for sure. Well, in the league, you reckon? Potentially. Well, now you've got loads of backup everywhere now. Well, I think the, you, them two could potentially rotate a little bit, similar to how Shaw and Ro- Brandon rotated Williams, last yeah. year. But Williams is probably going to be on the right now. Because yeah, now you lost, that's now true. Now you've lost uh, Dallow to that's true, yeah. AC Milan. But you know what I mean? That's a good, because we didn't really have a solid right back. So I think Brandon can do the right back. Well, he's right, naturally right fit. Yeah, so I think the idea of having two good backups, two or full backs is nice. Yeah. Rotation, if he stays fit, God, you know, God hoping. Um, Twanzebi, I think, gets in as one of them centre backs. I think he's, I think he's going to be in the first. Squ- I think he's going to be in the first. Know, probably for Lindelof, but then Lindelof, I think, will I'd get- say, I'd, I'd say, someone get, playing against Chelsea, you might, you, you might as well have Lindelof and Twanzebi playing like, because you've got the speed. I'm a guy. Occasionally, the speed. occasionally, the back five does work for us, and I think yeah. if you playing a back five of. Sure, Lindelof to Anzabi, and then having if, if you get him fit Maguire in for one of them three, but it's just it's just but it just weakens that midfield. I know that's the only issue. But they, I'd like to, I'd like to see Donny Van der Beek, but hopefully the Solskjaer does play him. But anyways, um, we are coming up to about fifty three minutes, yeah, and man. me and Charlie, we love a good old chin wag, and sometimes we don't want this to be three hours long like we have done podcasts where they are three hours long if we had to take a break in between piss breaks drink break dinner breaks whatnot but anyways um thank you for listening and i uh, thank you for the continued support on the podcast um this week i haven't really as i said i've been so busy i haven't really had a chance to promote it and for the rel- for the listeners who's been listening every week, uh, we'd like to. I appreciate me and Charlie. Appreciate you listening and coming along with us for our footballing journey. Um, as always, Mister Charlie, thank you very much always, for doing this podcast. Yeah, much love. Um, hopefully, we will stay safe. Um, these these present times are so un. Was it unpredictable? Yeah, and. We need. We hope you you guys are all safe. But Charlie, do you want to say where our socials are? Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook at Left Back on the Bench Podcast. We uh, post polls on there. Um, sort of have general like updates on what episodes are coming out. Twitter at Left Back on the B Two. Um, that again, certain polls, uh, updates on what we're doing. Um, new episodes kind of get. Up shared on there for the most part and you can listen to us on anchor spotify google podcast overcast uh apple apple podcasts so many there's the yeah, mainly pod beans and new pod one bean. the best yeah. one to really go to is anchor that's where kind of all our links sort of join together but i'd say uh spotify and apple was always a good good choice because they are like two of the main ones and we <laughs> like uh we like having we like um, we need them. We're getting them views up on there. Yeah, mainly. yeah. Um, even if you have a chance to write a review on Apple, give us five stars. Hopefully, zero stars. Whatever, whatever you feel, we we we're open to feedback's good. Criticism, we, we feedback. want to improve. Yeah. We want to improve on the podcast. So any type of feedback will be well appreciated. For Charlie, 
Do you want to sign the podcast out? Yep. Yeah, thank you very much. We've been Left Back on the Bench podcast. I've been Charlie. This has been Lucas. And we'll see you later.